y'all and welcome to another week of long live relationships it's me laria and it's me tristan and this week we're gonna go in a different direction um you know the current climate in the black community has been rather heavy this week for both of us and you know we want to have some transparent conversation around that laria you ready to get started Yep, let's do it. So, Luria, um, it's been a pretty, pretty tough week to kind of process and get through. Um, kind of where where are you at with things? Like, what's your mindset like? And I know this is it's been really emotional, but just how are you feeling today after just processing things through the week? Ooh, um. Well, it is, it's been really rough this week. Um, I have cried more than I care to admit. Um, Cry from frustration, hurt, anger, all of it. Um, I will say tonight's IG versus battle between Kurt Franklin and Fred Hammond was truly something I needed from a sense of community to really just engage with gospel music and definitely not going to be super churchy because that is not my personality. But um, it's been a rough week. It's been really difficult to try to navigate through work um, as if nothing is going on. I'm sure I have probably spazzed out at you a little bit this week. Um, Certainly unintentional. Um, And then also just wanting to make sure that you're safe and that you have that space to not have to be as strong um, as we have to sometimes do, you know, code switching and all that stuff. So that's kind of how I've been this week, pushing through. Uh, How about you? Um. This this week has been interestingly challenging for me. Um, for those who know me, I'm not a, I'm not really big on emotions, both expressing them um, and feeling them. So, with that being said, I've I've almost been more so, I guess, in a state of shock and confusion, and not not a naive one like you know, ignoring what's going on or not seeing, but just more so thinking of where we're at with times and just to to just see that this stuff is actually still happening. I think, you know, for me, you know, I love seeing the protests, both the peaceful and the unpeaceful ones, because I think it, it shows definitely something that we've needed for a while to just understand that, you know, we're tired of we're tired of the foolishness and, you know, sometimes radical actions are required to, you know, get to a point of understanding. Um, you know, I think this is the first time that I've seen, you know, really, I don't think this might be the first time where, you know, there's typically support from, you know, other ethnic groups, but the first time I've seen like legitimate support from white people and 
even like personal people that I know, whether it's friends, you know, sorors, uh, fraternity brothers, stuff like that. And like saying, all right, even if they don't know what it is to experience what we're going through as a community, they're actually sympathizing and using their platform or using their privilege to at least be a, a voice and a starting point. I am glad you have had that experience because mine has been quite the opposite. Um, it has been interesting to say the least. Um, you have thoughts about, say, high school classmates, like, oh, okay, you know, we were all cool in high school, everything was great. And then, you know, when stuff like this happens, you realize that, oh, I was their token friend. And it has been a lot of realization, like, all right, so y'all just not going to say nothing. Cool. Y'all not even going to check on me. Cool. I'm talking about, like, best friends of 30 years or 25 years at least. And to have only one of my white friends reach out to say, how are you, has been a lot to process. But at the same time, it's like, it's good to have the confirmation because now I am aware and I'm better equipped to move forward. So now I just don't have to fuck with you. Yeah. So it's like, if, if your, your silence is so loud, I cannot ignore. And not from a a public, you know, announcement or post, but not even reaching out to me privately. You see what I'm saying? Like, that shows me how you truly feel, not only about me, but about my family, about my community as a whole. So I am glad that you have had an opposite experience. Um because I can't say the same. I will say I have never missed my Fisk family more than I have this week. Yeah. There is something so powerful about being around other like-minded individuals. People who understand the plight, the constant fight to affect change. And if nothing else, just somebody to love on you. To say, it's all right. We in this together. We are going to fight. We are going to push. And not being able to be around that this week has been tough. My week has been spent checking on my friends in California, in Tennessee, no matter the location, just to say, are you okay? Where are you? Are you out protesting? If you are, these are the things that you should be doing to make sure that they can identify you. And above all, I love you. Dude, like it has been a week of, of hell. Like I have to take steps back and say, you know what? Even though you're hurting, you need to check on your family. Contacting my brother who has PTSD, who is in the military. And quite frankly, we'll pop off. 
hey, you good? And not a normal, you good, but you good? It's been painful. Like, I cannot stress how painful this week has been. And I am tired. <laughs> that is the best way that I can communicate how this week has felt. I am exhausted. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, whew, that's a lot. That That is, that's a lot. I mean, I've had, I mean, I've had multiple thoughts, just multiple feelings of uncomfortability. Um, you know, I'm out more in the public just due, due to the nature of what I do of like being in real estate and amongst a few other things. And so, like, when trying to just even be comfortable, like, going through neighborhoods or, you know, having to walk into a coffee shop to meet a client or just going in to the store, generally speaking, you know, on most days, you know, I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm strong in who I am. And it's not something... That I have to second guess um, in terms of believing, you know, in myself, believing myself as a black man, believing myself as a person and just seeing myself as an equal. But like even this week, it's just getting out the car or anything like that. It's just that weird feeling because, you know, we're not a completely unified country. You know, we're not. Nowhere near. We're not like a third world country when stuff like that happens. If stuff like this happens, it's generally the people versus the government. It's not people versus people. So, like, going to a grocery store or something like that and just seeing people, you know, when they look at you, like, are they really looking at you as who for who you are or, you know, they're looking at you as less than? And, you know, I was having this conversation with my therapist earlier or this week and it was like I, it is just so weird that in this day and age how we as people define hate and it's not like you know it's still we're still going through segregated times it's not like we're still in civil in the civil war which it feels like it you know it's not like we're fighting for civil rights and still feels like it and it's just the most fathoming thing that has no explanation like there's outside of you know the color of our skin there's nothing that's like okay you know we hate you because you're smarter or we hate you because you got more money or you know like that because historically and even still today there's still some disparities that we face as black people and we're still trying to catch up right um, <laughs> and so it's just like what it's like it's just the oddest thing that it's just like, what does this hate still stem from? Like Because it is and, taught and, and it is generational. No one is born with hatred. That is a taught behavior. And being from a very small town, it's a bit more prevalent there 
because you see it more. You see the, oh, I don't want my white daughter to stay in the same room with you on a car trip, but me and your daughter are friends. We've been to each other's homes. You know my parents, you know where I live, you know my upbringing, but don't get too close. So the hatred is a taught behavior. And as a black woman and being in the black community, we have to have different talks with our children so early. And it takes away from their innocence. Yeah, I mean, we don't have kids at the moment, but we know... We have plenty of friends and family or friendly friends who have kids. And, you know, quite frankly, they're frustrated because it's like, well, why the fuck do I have to have this conversation with my child right now? And even at the age of early threes, twos, when they're formulating stuff, hell, five, six years old, I mean, you still got to have these conversations because they can get it on the news just or they can get it quickly on their phone or their iPad with the alerts and now trying to have to explain what this means or why this person's doing this or why they keep seeing this name or who's that, what's that. And it's like, even to, like I said, we don't have kids yet, but the fact that we still have to think about having the conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. It, the, the conversation, for those who may not know, is explaining what it means to be black in America. You have to be two times as smart. You have to work two times as hard. You have to dress up even though everyone else is in jeans. You have to be polite. You have to speak in a tone that does not come across as being aggressive. You have to you have to smile. You have to not speak of your culture because it could hurt the other person. And it sucks because to do all of that and to still not even get half of what you deserve, what you have earned, it is so painful and it is so... It, it is so frustrating. Like, according to the American dream, whatever the hell that is, I have done everything that I was quote-unquote supposed to do. I finished high school. I graduated college. I have a master's. And technically, I have a quote-unquote good job. But I know that as a black woman, I don't get paid the same as my white counterpart and it sucks because I know I work harder you see like it is those are the types of things that we have to start conversations with our children so early or to even be in middle and high school and say you know what baby you worked hard you worked damn hard and I understand that Elizabeth or Becky didn't work as hard as you but she got a better grade than you so now as your mama, I have to come defend you because you worked. Those are conversations that my mother had with me that I anticipate having with my children. My friends who have children, 
we are in a constant fight because once a child is labeled as being too active, too talkative, that carries with them. Because again, we fight a system that was never designed for our prosperity. And it sucks. But what do we do? We show up. We do the work. Sometimes our work and to other people's work. And we preach to our children as hard as it gets, as ugly as it looks, you keep fighting. You keep working. You keep showing up. You hold your head up. Nobody can take your intelligence from you. Nobody can take your determination from you. Keep fighting. And because we don't have children right now, it scares me to bring babies into this world. Because I know that they coming out with all these targets on their head simply because of their melanin. And to, to think about my baby getting assassinated simply because they exist is scarier than giving birth. And I am terrified of pain. You see what I'm saying? Like it, the fear of you leaving this house and possibly not coming back sits on my head. And unfortunately, when you have people who essentially don't give a damn because they don't have those same fears, so they can't understand what it means to have constant fear that you will be hurt and or killed simply for being. It makes all talks, arguments, Sometimes void because it's like you're arguing with a damn wall. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it is it, it's a tough pill to swallow your entire life when you are constantly trying to, when the constant battle is having to prove your worth. And prove that you are just as equal or even better at what you do on a daily basis. Whether it's, you know, a job, whether it's a skill set, whether it's a sport, whatever the case may be. And, you know, even if you become the best, then it gets taken away from you or somebody else takes credit for it. Or, you know, there's some undercutting that happens. And so, you know... I don't think for any for any lack of better ter- terms that any black parent is going to want to teach their child or less educate them to be the best. But I think a lot of times we have to go above and beyond over the top and be like, okay, you got to know what angle this is going to come from. You got to be prepared for Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And you got to know how to be smarter than you know, the average person, you got to know, like, 
you know, they always say, if you, if you prepare to be ready, you're going to be ready, you know, so that's that same mindset that you have to teach your kids. Even sometimes when it's painful as fuck, you might not want to teach them, but you got to teach them because if not, you're setting them up for a, a world of naive, a world of hurt, a world of an understanding. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it is really scary because it's like year in and year out, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I've been constantly through this week, the conversation has been, man, because like, so, you know, being in Charlotte and stuff like that, 2016, 2017, you know, that was a rough year for a lot of people, whether it was here in Charlotte, whether it was in, you know, other states, stuff like that, that was a tough year for black people. And it was like, all right, stuff started to fade off and everything like that. You know, stuff was still happening, though, don't get me wrong, like, nothing has happened in the last four years. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, all right, you know, maybe this should have stopped. Like, not necessarily stopped, but maybe we've got some some sense around stuff like this. But then this stuff happens. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, why are we coming back? Why are we taking all these steps back? And it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I think like, that's the that's the caveat. I don't think we're taking steps backwards. I just don't ever think we took those steps forward. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably under, that's probably right. I mean, I I hate... There's it. co-parts that I just really just hate with burden of proof or waking people up, like, as if this has not been around. One, I'm all for having video evidence, people pulling out their cell phones, mm-hmm. you know, capturing the moment, you being on the phone with somebody, if they get pulled over, going going on live or whatever case may be. But it's a it's a damn shame that it takes now the video to be the calling card to get somebody who's wrongfully treating the black community out of sorts to call for an arrest. Like, because if it was us... And we were in the same situation. It's a 48-hour, 24-hour, 48-hour manhunt until the person is brought in dead or alive. But yet somebody else gets to walk around free. And get a meal. (laughs) For a week. Get a meal. Before, like, all right, you know what? I think we're going to arrest this person. Mm -hmm. Like, there's... it's If the point of arresting somebody or... Whatever the case may be when it comes to violent crimes. If it's violent, then you know it's violent. Then at the end of the day, that person is a threat. They're, you know, flight risk or whatever the case may be. It shouldn't have to come down to media pressure. It shouldn't have to come down to, you know, the protests, the riots. But it's serving its purpose for someone to be arrested for wrongdoing. Or someone... Or, you know, a white cop for doing something that they weren't supposed to do against the black community. It should not take the video. Agreed. To, like, and I was telling somebody, it, it, theoretically, if this was ever instituted, it would be probably one of the most marvelous things. So, you know how when someone gets arrested, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, say, all right, well, let me be more specific. Say someone gets shot and... 
there was a crowd of people that seen it happen. Yep. What do the cops do? They they go to the witnesses and say, "What did you see?" Right. On the spot. Hey, let's get some information. If there was some cameras, something they're running back and be like they'll identify them. I'm like, all right, let's bring them in and talk to them. So why is there not a unit that does that for cops too? And it doesn't necessarily have to be people dressed in cop clothes because I think it still has to be separate of that actual unit or enforcement so that they you can get a clear story. Because again, if it is a... Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be other nice. incidents where, you know, it's cops versus people or people versus cops. Race, maybe no race. But when it comes to making sure there's fair equality, there needs to be some type of checks and balances. And that might be... It is the radical that that might be something that's needed because again, if I'm an independent investigator that works for law enforcement and I go get some, and I'm in regular clothes to go talk to somebody, they might be more willing to talk to me, knowing that you know what if it was a cop that's taking my statement, that how do you know that they're not going to protect the badge versus do what's right for people? That's fair. That's fair. So I mean, I saw. Crazy enough, I saw this meme. It was not a meme. It was actually more of a character. Um, it was someone drew out a young black uh, male kid, and it oh, says, yeah. "When do I go from being yeah. quote 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 unquote little quote? When do I go from being cute to being a threat unquote?" And you know, kind of kind of sat with that because I was like, you know, that's a good point because no matter what, like all babies are cute. Even not all. I mean, yeah, I mean, but all in theory, all babies are cute until they start being able to talk, walk, think for themselves, and stuff like that. So it's like this has that same concept of when do you know? How do you how do you see me as a threat? At what age do I get like? So here's the unfortunate truth: black males began being labeled. um, There's a prison pipeline. That begins in second to third grade, okay? Um, where you get kids who are labeled with ADHD, ADD, um, what is it called? Uh, when they try to put all the kids on Ritalin and That's all that stuff. Is that Tourette's? It might be Tourette's. Uh, okay, so either way, like they begin labeling. That's what I meant about these labels that children get in early grades that carry on throughout their school career or whatever. Yeah. And for black males, beginning in second and third grade, they have unfortunately, quote unquote, identified these kids who they project to go down into prison. So you see a lot of kids, a lot of the kids who they label as being overactive or, um, or bad or whatever the case is. And so it begins very early. Um, again, grades second and third. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really telling because the biggest problem is, and this is probably going to sound very horrible. Um, when I was at Fisk, one of my friends made a comment like she wished we had we would have never been segregated. And of course I'm pissed, like, nah, we need to be equal and da 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 right? But now I get it. 
because I see how the system does not nurture and care for us the way we do. So for the overactive young man who won't sit his ass still in classroom, what else is going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of people don't take the time to see if this child got stuff going on at home. That baby might just need a hug. Like we don't, nobody's going to love us like we love us. Fair enough. Nobody is going to understand the things that we need. Like it's very difficult to connect with someone that you don't relate to. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's tough. That's why, like, in truth, and I, I said I was, again, some of the conversations that I've had throughout the week with people, you know, my therapist, everything like that, is I, I, sympathize, with, I sympathize with those in interracial relationships. So those who are in a black-white relationship, you know, especially... You know, those that you know, whether just just the yeah. black white, because it's just it's, it's just hard. Because yeah. I mean, that is a you know early on in those relationships that conversation of do you you know who do you see me as you know is this yeah, yeah, you know man. do you truly see me as this person or is this as a fantasy? What is this? How does your family feel about this? But then on the flip side of seeing people who are in a black white relationship where the white person is just out as enraged or just as supportive and saying, I love you, stuff like that. And then truly saying, all right, you know, maybe this person or for sure this person sees their black counterpart or their black spouse as an equal, as a person. And, you know, it sets that apart in, in the support. And even further, if some are using their platform to say, hey, I'm in a mixed relationship with an African-American or with a black person. And this is wrong. And this is why it's wrong. And this is why we need to love each other. And this is why we need to support the black community and stuff like that. Like, I think it's fairly interesting that, you know, when you separate support, you have different levels of support. So you have support when it comes to race and you have support when it comes to gender. You have support when it comes to sexuality and sexual preference and each get their hit from different angles but it is a clear path unfair race where the hate towards the black community is way out in front agreed oh god i wish i remember this lady's name so an absolute marvelous educator white lady And she did a, she was speaking to a group of kids, mixed race, right? And she talked about stand up if you would like the same treatment as African Americans, as the African Americans received in the United States. And no one stood up. So then her remark was, so you do realize there's a problem. And I think, God, I wish I could remember her name. Um, That is one, that is an ally. 
that is someone that says, that calls you out on your bullshit. Because the unfortunate truth is that it's not on black people to fix this. Right. It, it's not on us. It's on the oppressor. It's on this, this, these white people, you know? Um, because we, mm, I hate this word. In this situation, we are the victim. Right. And it's never on the victim to correct the, the indifference. It's, yeah. it's never on the victim. I mean, it's like, so while in America we're not here as it relates to like other countries, for example, that are essentially dominated by their race and heritage, where, you know, if if you're in a, if you're in a Caribbean country or you're in a European country or an Asian country where there's civil unrest, well, the civil unrest is the, the people again against the government or it's your own people fighting your own people mm-hmm. for one side that's right versus one side that's wrong or vice versa where the views are just mixed and it's causing some type of you know outrage and that's kind of we like we're seeing those little spurts of that with allies coming out but that's essentially what needs to be that, that that's probably what needs to happen as the solution um in order to get it like it's gonna have to be you know white people versus white people and whoever is essentially the ones that's here to support the victims which is the black community is how we get through to whatever the next next step step or next stage of life right. looks like because again you go through periods of time where almost like this pandemic, right? Which this shit has basically taken people's purview away from the pandemic. And then next week it'll get thrown into the mix or a headline or whatever the case may be. But needless to say, it's like, it's, it's extremely dark for so long. And then the sunlight comes up. Like, where we're at right now, I just think we're going to be in a dark period of time for a while, irregardless. And so, it doesn't just make it hard to, you know, go about in public. It just makes it hard to just do daily stuff. Yeah. Like, especially when you're, when you got to deal with people of all different races or, you know, you got to go put yourself in a majority white situation if you're black or depending on where you live, you may not necessarily live around your community right now. You you know, you might you might be feeling like you don't have anybody to go to. Right. Or whatever. And, you know, I think I don't know, it's it's just it's a lot. It's it's, it's Yeah, a lot. I I told you, like, I made careless errors at work this week and I got to the point where I was like, man, fuck it. Like my head was so clouded with everything going on. Work was the absolute last thing on my mind. Yeah. And I think I like the. I know where I was going to go. You Speaking me. of. I, I wasn't trying to cut you off. <laughs> so, like, work and just thinking of, like, company support. Oh, um, yeah, man. I like. I think, you know, I think Target was like, so, well, Target we did got. A phenomenal job. Like, we got the bread. Fuck it. Burn it down. That's right. Tear Target that shit up. Phenomenal job. Netflix. 
I don't I don't know what the direct quote was, but they had a tweet that said something around we love our black people, we love the our creators. community, we love our creators, artists. Keep doing Netflix, your HBO, Reebok. Um, I think is, is Reebok an American country? I have no idea, but I will UK, say way. the company I work for sent an email on Friday and I legit was like, I think I cried again, not from a really, but from a thank you perspective. Um, the gist of the email was like, we're in, we're enraged, you know, um, our Midwest president has spoken out, um, in Minnesota. And then the CEO goes on to say, as a white man, I realize that I have privilege and I know that this is on our community to fix. Um, all of our diverse, uh, team members are to be welcome, you know, kind of speaking to diversity and inclusion, um, and for a moment, it felt good to yeah. read somebody fucking acknowledge, like, you are viewed differently than me, you yeah. know? And the biggest thing, and I've seen it all over social media, and of God, I probably need to come out for a while, um, for our non-melanated people do not ask us if we are okay. <laughs> like that is because you don't want the truth. And like you either want me to go off on you or you want me to fit into this narrative that you've already conjured up in your head about how I'm going to respond to these things. Just know that we ain't okay. <laughs> like we not okay. I mean, I think that's a fair thing to say. I think unless it's a, unless like you, you, you truly show where you're coming from from a genuine standpoint, or unless that person knows you, I think that's fair to say, like, don't insert yourself because right. you feel like you need to. Right. More so, if you're going to say something, say it from a place of, you know, of genuineness. Like, it is appreciative to see stuff like that and to actually be able to read through and like, okay, you know what? This I think this real. person actually cares. Mm -hmm. Unlike some of this other bullshit that I've seen. <sighs> yeah. I, something that really pissed me off this morning when I read it. Um, yeah. Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, oh, that released bastard. released a statement, mm. and I I had to read it a couple times because I had to like really process. Was like did he really did, just type that shit? I was like right. Uh -huh. What like what yep. are you saying? Because basically, in make a long story short, he said, you know, I feel so bad about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a white man, I'm just, I'm totally shocked and I was just unaware Shit. of what's going on in the country. And I, I can't, I can't begin to understand how, you know, the community feels and, you know, it's, it's, it's shocking. And I'm like, really? Like you, what? like, like oh my God. The, this is the exact reason why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in the first fucking place. And, and what you do to him. Like, like, <laughs> but to say that. Here's the thing, but to say on top of this that you're just completely oblivious and unaware. Yeah, miss me with when bullshit. You, when you currently work with people That's specifically right. in the entertainment industry, 
to, to create injustice programs. That's right. What what do you what do you think we're doing this for? Like, like your your message like, follows who, on. I just want to know who was if if you wrote that yourself. You your fire. Yeah, your, your PR person needs cool. to be fired. Yeah. Like, but if that, I mean, if that's your words, great. If that was a PR person, who whoever wrote that, immediately. Fire. Yeah. Like, cause that shit was trash, and I was like, I don't even. I mean, I, I understand why it was released by ESPN because they got a job to do. Right. I don't, and I'm pretty sure they probably got some heat for it as well, and whatever backlash the NFL got and stuff like that. But again, I think. Personal statements from people in power. Yes, sir. Even, it's one thing to send an email to a company, mm-hmm. to your employees. It's another to hide behind your keyboard. Ooh. Even if it's meant for good and not just have a camera or have a post, have, you know, interview or something like that. Because at the end of the day, There'll be a press conference for somebody who is about to get kicked out of the league. You know, <laughs> right. You know, there'll be a press conference for somebody that's in trouble. Like, it's an immediate statement. That's right. You know, if Speaking someone, someone of fails. sports, though, have you seen any of the, like, college coaches speaking out? Since they so recruit our boys so heavily to come play for their D1 schools and shit? Um, I I'm not going to misspeak because I haven't been keeping up okay. with college football or just college stuff in general. Like I'm more so following like, like NFL. News. Okay. And I just happened to go on ESPN and see that. Like, I mean, I know other prominent NBA players have been speaking out. Um, I know Jalen Brown from the uh, Boston Celtics. So he lives in Boston, but he's originally from the Atlanta community. Okay. He... I mean, I don't know why he didn't fly, but he drove fifteen hours from Boston to Atlanta to lead a um a nonviolent protest. He might have needed to decompress. Like I mean, I understand fifteen hours is a long time to decompress. So no, but probably, I'm like that could be, and clearly this is just me projecting. But like that could be, I don't need to be around anybody right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I need I get to it. like being prepared. Yeah. Being in the right mindset when getting there, I commend him for driving the fifteen hours. Speaking of, so, well, not him, because I don't know nothing about him. But um, don't listen to her music. Don't know who she is. But I was so impressed with Billie Eilish. Billie English? Billie Eilish? Billie somebody. Some white girl. Oh, my God. If we have any, you know, white people listening, we hope we do. Hey, y'all. Um, please miss us with the All Lives Matter stuff. Okay? Um, that's why I really enjoyed her message. Because what we are focusing on right now is fighting for just to be included in from a care perspective. We know your life matter. We get it, girl. We got it. But this ain't the time for you right now. So just FYI. Really loved her. Good job. Yeah. Um, good message. And yeah. I know this week, I mean, I've I've said this like more so when... I don't even know what retirement age looks like for us, but in truth, it's like, I don't even know if, like, you know, you truly retire, but when you get to, like, a certain age, a mature age, I've had thoughts well before, like, now, like, oh, it'd be cool to live, you know, on somebody's island in a different country where Mm -hmm. life is a lot simpler, 
But like when something like this happens, you, you kind of want to think, re- go think live about now? it mm-hmm. a lot more because it's like you know what. But the, the weird odd truth is supposedly this country that we live in has the most freedoms across the board. Now, not have lived in another country to say whether that's true or not, right. or you know, to truly understand why foreigners come to America on a regular basis, we can understand that our ecosystems and some of our other things are more forward. You know, there's possibly more opportunities economically, cost of living, you know, expandability, and then be able to take it back home and all this other good stuff. But again, it's like those thought processes, like, if we're trying to be included, but then we're fighting to be still our own person and just fight for equality, it kind of like, well, we'll just take ourselves other way. Because you think, I don't remember what the number was. I know it was some odd billion dollars that the black community spends, was it on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? I think all the numbers are there. But it's like... No, we have like the highest buying power. Because, yeah. Because but, we spend. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's like... Could we could we, and would we ever economically crush this, the country? It's possible. But would we unify to do it? Would we unify to do That's it? That's the thing. It's definitely possible. Like, I think anything is possible in a dire situation. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a whole lot. Um, yeah, it, it's been a tough week. I will say I am so glad I am starting therapy this week because, my God, somebody needs to be able to talk to me about the stuff that I am feeling and how to work through it and process it and still operate in a place of love. Um, it, yeah, it's just been rough. (laughs) It's been a rough week. And, um, if you are close to somebody right now, in a physical space, love on them, hug on them. Um, please create space for yourself. For each other to be as vulnerable and as as soft as you need to be right now. Um, we often carry a having to be strong mindset. So we don't really get a chance to just breathe. Like to just inhale, exhale. Just just take a few moments and and do that um, to our men, to our black, beautiful, fearless kings. We love you. We cherish you. We honor you. And to my women, steadfast we must stay. Keep these crowns on, uplift one another. And I promise we're going to get through this bullshit. We're going to fight. <laughs> if you have allies in your life, thank them, you know, support them. Um, educate. That's the probably biggest thing. Um, educate, 
people who are willing to learn. I'm not going to tell nobody to go and try to force it on somebody. Um, love on your people. Check on your folks. Make sure they're okay. Give them space to vent. If nothing else, just listen. And that that's really all I got this week, babe. Um, do you have anything? Nope. I think that's... I, that's couldn't, couldn't, couldn't ask for nothing less. I mean... You, 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 you've seen it, you've heard it, you're, you know, again, the message is, you know, we're tired, we're frustrated, angry, um, any, any, any emotion of just absolute rage, um, is that everybody's feeling it, so. Oh, I'm sorry, so, I'm so sorry, baby. If you are also protesting. Please do not destroy our communities. Angry or not, be very mindful of the organizers of these protests. They are not always from our cities. Um, but do not damage our communities. We have worked far too hard to destroy them ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that doesn't make a good point. If, you know, if, you're, if your states and your cities are starting to open back up, you know, I think if you can do it, make sure you're supporting, you know, your local black-owned restaurants, mm-hmm. your bakers, stuff like that, anything you need. You know, we'll be we'll be doing some of that ourselves this weekend coming up throughout the week, all this other good and stuff. I love my black-owned businesses. <laughs> so, you know, I think as much as we need to you know, come together and voice our stuff. If you got to spend money this week, you know, spend black. black if you can. Yep, buy black. You know, not not to disgrace any other, but, you know, this is a time where we can economically stimulate our own community as well. And, you know, if anybody else that's non-black, support the black business as well, too. That's You'd right. be pleasantly surprised. We offer good customer service as well as good product. Um, so, yeah. Bye Black this week, y'all. We love you and stay safe.